Hello, friends, and uh, welcome to another episode of Batflips and Maple Dips, uh, episode 23 of season 2, episode 54 in total. Sounds right to me, yeah. Totally winged it, got it right. Uh, my name is Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. We got Justin Anderson about two and a half feet away from me. We got Patrick Marsh a little bit farther away than that in uh, the good old Maritimes of Canada. Thanks for listening, uh, whether it's on Anchor, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Thanks a bunch. Uh, if you are listening and you don't follow us on the socials, don't know what you're waiting for, uh, at BFMD Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Bridal Showers. Seriously. Uh, my fiance had her bridal shower and we got like so much free shit. It's awesome. Like, <laughs> here's the thing like, my fiance isn't really a big, like, house person like she doesn't really cook she doesn't really clean that much but for bridal showers you get all that stuff you get cooking things and houseware things and fancy art things so you got a bunch of stuff so basically i benefited from this bridal shower the most i got so much cool stuff like like all these awesome towel sets all these awesome serving bowls serving plates cookware dishes mugs it's completely changed our whole kitchen and i'm so freaking pumped to use everything and again like my fiance isn't going to use a single thing not one like she got a couple things but like i i got all of it so if that's not a reason to get married i don't know what is get married for the gifts and like we're not even married yet and we already got like all these sweet gifts like a whole wedding worth and haven't even got married yet that's why we're getting married basically is free stuff because we already live with each other. It's basically like we already are married with each other. So I'm telling you, to all you bachelors, get married. It's totally worth it. You guys got to pick it up and get married. Someday. I'm just kidding. Don't I'm, throw, I'm, already, I'm already common law, dude. <laughs> don't throw your life away. I've already away. beat you in. Yeah, the boy, the boy over here is a common law. What does that mean again? Is that just kind of like you live with each other for a certain long time? Yes. Oh, Once okay. you live a certain amount of time together, you become common law is it, it's it's a year is it in canada year? that's right yeah it's only a year it seems like it might have to, has to be longer say, my, than that my old uh, university roommate and i used to joke him and i used to joke that we were common law because we lived together for a few years well, technically i'm common law right now too <laughs> common law and engaged boom i win i win I just want to win. I'm very competitive. <laughs> uh, on the day, on the uh, show today, we're going to be talking about the All Star Game here in a bit. And if anyone cares, spoiler alert: no one does. Um, the power rankings: who's who's the best team in the major leagues? Uh, we got some trade rumors, as always, with Marcus Stroman. I think this will be like the 30th straight episode with <clears throat> a trade rumor huh. discussion. It's ridiculous. Um, Stroman versus Eckersley, the whole Tampa Bay Montreal fiasco, and of course, who's hot, who's not? The comeback of the rant. We got a lot of stuff. So let's stop talking about stupid stuff like bridal showers, and uh, let's get right into it. The All-Star Game. Uh, voting has begun for it. Do you care? Like, are you going to be watching to see who's leading in votes and who's on the bubble at all, Patrick? Nope. <laughs> Justin? I said the same thing last year. Honestly, who, who, uh, like... yeah. I saw the, the tweets come out yesterday of like who was leading, and I was like, oh, they started the voting already, and I've been, this is going on for about a month and a half now. Mm-hmm. It's boring. I had no idea. Yeah. It's it's cool to see who leads the all-star votes. It's like, oh, okay. He got the most. And then that's my interest ends right there. Josh Donaldson is third among nationally third basemen, and he's probably about 13th in production this year. So I, I just hate fan votes. 
Yeah, that's the thing. I about... can't get behind a fan vote. Yeah, I know because players are just popular. The big Look market at... teams are going to win. Like the Tampa Bay guys, never going to have a chance. Like mm-hmm. Austin Meadows, probably not going to get in. Happens in the NHL a lot too, where there's the most popular player yeah. on the team, who's pro- usually like a third line guy on the team because he's gritty and kind of scores some yeah. goals. They'll get tons of All Star votes, and it's like well, really. Remember this how guy... we always talk about? Remember the Kansas City Royals things a few years ago, and they, yeah. and they just vote everybody in. God, I hated that. But now they have the whole thing where every team has to be represented. Yeah. So. Do you, like, things. do you like that rule, Patrick? The every team has to be represented? Yeah, I like the fact that at least we're going to have some sort of pity representation. Like, it was Jay Happ, and he absolutely deserved it. This year, it's probably going to be Marcus Stroman. And he absolutely deserves and it, too. And he definitely deserved And we'll just kind of leave it at that. I, I think Marcus Stroman should be our all-star. Oh, for sure. I mean, he hasn't had like a extreme All Star kind of season by any means. I mean, on a on a winning team, he would be uh, probably had about twelve wins by exactly. Now, if you, you know, care like, about wins, yeah, like he'd be <laughs> lighting it up if he was on any other team but ours. But is there anyone else that even comes close? Like, is there a close second or no? I mean, before he got, he's because he's been hurt. Justin Smoke was probably pretty close. Um, maybe uh, I would say I'd say, I want to say Vladdy, but Vladdy just hasn't been around mm-hmm. long enough. Um, that's probably really it. It's probably maybe Stroh and, and Smoke, maybe Ken Giles. Yeah. Well, Vladdy got asked to be in the home run derby. He's going to do it. And I would, that's the only part I watch anyway, and that's going to make it I saw way more exciting. Pete Alonso's in it too. Mm-hmm. Big Pete. Yep. Have that's you seen, awesome. have you seen, uh, Pete Alonso hit home runs this year? Have you watched video? No. It's like everything is like straightaway center field, just absolute bombs. Mm, he doesn't pull he's, the ball at all. He does. He hits it all to all fields yeah. though, but he's got, I think he's got 27. He's leading the, yeah. he's one behind, uh, he's behind Yelich, but. Second in the big leagues as a rookie. Is he, oh, if Yelich goes in there too, this could be a I real, think Yelich is in it. It's gonna be a real, real this, good derby. This could actually be a good home run derby because yeah. they're actually putting guys that people want to see in it. Are you worried that Vladdy is gonna get the Alex Rios curse? Remember when Rios went in there and lit it up, and then he was complete <laughs> no. junk for the rest of his Jays career? Uh, no, it's, he's a different player. <laughs> I know not... he's a different player, but that's like they say that's the thing with the home run derby: you win it, and then you just want to hit nothing but bombs after uh, that, and no. it kind of messes with your swing. Yeah, it's it, he'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. Are you worried about the home run derby curse for Vladdy? Nope, not at all. Although I'm really excited. Look at the cast of players that they're bringing in for this. This it feels. A lot like this is going to be a derby to remember, kind of like how, remember the year where there, it was like Ken Griffey Jr. and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and they were all kind of like chasing 61 or 62, I guess, whatever. And actually, Christian Yelich is on pace right now for 60 home runs, yeah. which is bananas. And then Pete Alonso is not that far behind him. I think he's on pace for like 58. So... This is like a really good year to have like an interesting derby with some new contenders. And then we've also got someone like Christian Yelich, who obviously won the MVP uh, last. It was last year, right? Yep. Yes. My memory is not failing me yet, <laughs> but I'm excited. I don't think there's going to be a curse at all. I think Vladdy will go out there, have fun. It'll be like him taking BP as long as he doesn't get hurt. That's take, all that matters. Just hitting lasers the mm-hmm. whole time. Two things before we kind of wrap up all-star stuff. Uh, one, I'll never forget Alex Rios being complete garbage after the home run derby. He completely disappeared off the face of the planet Maybe after he that home run derby. He was always just garbage. No, he was. He, there was about a year and a half there where Rios was pretty good. I'm a pretty yeah. big uh, like hater on Alex Rios because, again, it's one of those situations where you show so much promise and then it's just gone. 
And it's like, it's not even just a case of the yips. It's just like, well, I'm just not that great anymore. And we gave you so much money. Yeah. Alex Rios was my friend's favorite player, and he still sticks by him to this day. He's Oof. like, no, it wasn't even that bad after the Derby. He was really he bad was really after bad. the Derby. Uh, two, I hope Vladdy Sr. pitches to Vladdy Jr. That'd if, be pretty cool. The, if he ends up doing it, which it sounds like he's going to, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. But I bet you Vladdy Jr. or Vladdy Sr. would throw him junk just throw and him try meat. to strike him he's out. Just throwing like, like knuckleballs. Yeah, yeah, like throwing just at like 95 mile an hour heaters, like just <laughs> crow hopping and chucking. I can definitely see him doing that. Like, hit it, son, hit it. Um, anything else with All Star stuff? Like, no, is any... let's move on. Yeah. I'm done with this already. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I know that they try to make some incentive for it like the team that wins yeah. gets the World Series but again it doesn't they really don't, matter they don't do that anymore that's not a thing that's not a thing anymore no. well, what's Has the freaking point hasn't then? been for a few years exactly I <laughs> thought why, that was always the point no, okay. that, that's why Patrick and I are so indifferent to this it has no bearing on the season anymore when did that happen when did that rule yeah, change a few years ago probably see like that proves how much I pay attention to the All-Star game I think. 2016 yeah that might be right it's yeah, been a while or something like that it's just like it's a meaningless game, and the fact that it happens in the middle of the season is stupid. It's the same with the NHL All Star Game; like they're both stupid NBA now. They were yeah. initially invented to help benefit the players who were retired or had like a career-ending injury or who died, and their families uh, needed some help financially. Uh, but now it's just a meaningless game that's just meant to draw money. There's no real interest as far as like storylines go anymore. I mean, maybe if there were some players chasing history when it came to, like, the home runs or whatever, but it's just not the same anymore, and there's just... If they're going to have this game, they should have the game in, like, March or November or whatever, and then just do it, do something sexy, like, um, after the World Series is over, so, like, they'll have the All-Star game in, uh, like, November, and then do it in Japan or do it in like South America, somewhere where it's nice and warm and the players can kind of relax and have fun. Kind of like what they do with the uh, NFL Pro Bowl. But nobody they have cares it about that either. At the end of the year. <laughs> What's that? But nobody cares about that either. Well, not, I mean, nobody cares about it anyway. Yeah, I would care about it if I'm it was like why we there, bother with the money went game. to charity, mm. but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It just matter. fills. It's a shitty Yeah, game. like it just fills the coffers of the owner, so who gives a shit? Yeah. One reason the pro sports puts the all-star game in the middle of the season, though, is to give the players a break. Yeah. So the players I know, who aren't there. Yeah, yeah. NHL players love it because they get four days off and they can just do whatever they want. I know MLB players love it. I remember Kevin Pillar two or three years ago during the all-star break. He was on Instagram nonstop and he was like, I love the all-star break because I'm not an all-star. <laughs> I love just hanging out, doing nothing with my yeah. family. I mean, so it's like, still, like, so Mexico maybe so stuff, from yeah. a player standpoint, the all-star, like you need a little bit of a break halfway through the year yeah. because it's a grind that these ball players go through. And I mean, one day off here or there, it's, it doesn't help too much. When you get a nice four day break, Oof. it's like, okay, you know, like, so from a player standpoint, I can see why they put it in there. But again, I think they should be like the, like end of the year after the World yeah, Series I'm kind of thing. With, with the weather, it's kind of tough, so it kind of limits the be amount of cities that could host states. it. Yeah. Um, top five MLB teams, uh, the power rankings. Right now... There's the, really the, only one that matters is the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers are obviously number one. Let's just say they're the best team in baseball right now. Far and away. Far and away. Okay, so who would be second? The other division leaders are the Yankees, the Cubs, the Braves, the Twins, the Astros. Who would you say, Patrick, is the second best baseball team in the league right now next to the Dodgers? I think the best constructed team in MLB is are, is still the Astros, but I guess I, I want to give a lot of credit to the Twins. I, I don't know. Like, they are playing in a very weak division, but they've also 
been able to beat teams that they had no business beating. And I'm pretty sure right now they have the second best record, even though they've, they've slipped up a little bit recently, as far as like their performance, I know like their last in their last like 10 games, I think they might be below 500, but the races are starting to tighten up a little bit. Uh, the Twins' run differential is plus 105 right now, which is second in MLB. So I'm going to go with the Twins. Yeah, I'd probably get up to the Astros still. I mean, they might not have the best record, but they're built for playoff baseball. They're built for success in a playoff series. So they're still one of the best teams in the AL. They're probably the team to beat in the American League this year at this point. I'd say right now... Not at the end of the year, they won't be, but right now, the Braves are hot. Yeah. Man, the Braves are playing some fun baseball. They are. And, they're a fun team. Yeah, they're really, really fun. I like their mix of old and young mm-hmm. because they got guys like Acuna Jr. and then they got guys like Josh. Freddie Freeman. Exactly. You know, like I just like Nick that. Marcakis. I love that balance of they just got these young studs and it's like the future is so bright in Mike Atlanta. Mike Soroka, Canadian. They, I, they also got these old guys where it's like, oh, they can still play. Like Brian McCann. He's yeah. Not that great. But he's still, like, he's, he's playing. Won a, world, he's won World Series. Yeah, and he's playing a lot of catcher for them. Like, he's yeah. spending a lot of time behind the plates. Um, Josh isn't having a horrible last couple of weeks. No, he's playing well lately. He's been playing really, really well lately. It looks like he's got the pot back in his bat. It looks yeah. like his shoulder's okay, finally. Dead but arm. I really, really like the Atlanta Braves. I yeah. think they're going to start to go a little downhill with injuries a little bit later on the season. But I love what the Braves are doing. Out of all those division leaders, who do you think is the worst team right now? Oh, man. Out of the division leaders. Yeah. You know what? Whoever's leading the NL be, East. Who's leading the NL I'm going to be scary right and say it's the Braves. The Braves. Braves because, mean, yeah. like, look at their – there's a huge discrepancy between the Braves and the, the quality of the teams in their division. Like, if you take a look at it, Philly has lost seven in a row. They're one and nine in their last ten. The Nationals have lost two in a row. The Mets are four and six in their last ten, and the Marlins are the Marlins. <laughs> so they're kind of the Braves are kind of like sitting on top of like a garbage heap right now. And the most interesting division is the NL Central. And if you were going to go strictly by record, you could say the Chicago Cubs, but that division has the most interesting baseball. Uh, it always does, and it's going to especially coming down the stretch because the Cincinnati Reds, I'm telling you guys, they're going to do something. Their run differential is plus 48, which is one run below the Atlanta Braves who lead their division. Yeah. Their their plus 48 run differential is, I believe, top 10, maybe top 5 in MLB or something close to that, 6th or 7th. And even though they've lost their last two games – that whole division is going to be an absolute like smackdown. It's going to be a battle royale. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that. Cool. I'll just go fuck myself then. That's fine. Whatever, guys. Jeez. Jeez. Whatever. Getting teamed up on over here. I love the Braves. I think the Braves are great. I was going to say the Cubs because, again, their record. Yeah, but their run differential is solid. I know. You guys and your stats. I'm, I'm just shut up. That whole division's like close together in record because they play each other so much. There's, it's a very competitive division. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Isn't it bonkers, though, how the Pittsburgh Pirates are 36-40, and 40, but they've won their last four games in a row, but their run differential is also negative 72. 
Maybe which is almost as bad as the Jays today, were 20 games close. under 500. Yeah, Didn't they lose a game by like 20 runs this year? Something like that. Yeah. They either get blown out or they win by, <laughs> win by a tight one. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the news here slash trade rumors because Marcus Stroman in the trade talks again. Uh, he had an interesting quote today because they're playing the Yankees. Oh and he was like, you know what? I was built for this. I was built for the lights of Yankee Stadium. He likes the pressure. He likes all that stuff. But it's weird that he said, I was built for the lights at Yankee Stadium. And it's like, well, why would you say that when you're in Yankee Stadium not playing for the Yankees? He's from so there. Maybe, I I, maybe he, he knows. Likes, he, means, he just means he likes the pressure. Maybe he knows something we don't, though. Maybe he yeah. knows that he's going to get dealt. Do you still think that this Strowman deal is going to happen, Patrick? Like Again, we talk about this every week, and it seems like every week it changes. But at the start of the year, we were like, no, it's not going to happen. Now it's kind of like, yeah, it's probably going to happen, right? Man, they would be really stupid to trade him. He has been the team MVP far and away this year. And even though this is a bad team and they don't play good baseball, et cetera, et cetera, we don't have to get into the negatives too much. Marcus Stroman is having a masterful season, and he is a leader in that clubhouse, and you want that type of player around in the future. Let's just pretend all this other nonsense that he does on social media doesn't exist for a minute. Think about Marcus Stroman out on the field, his intensity, the way that other players always have his back, the way his manager always has his back. Why would you trade this guy? Even if it was to get resources, he's still, what, 26, 27? He fits into the time frame of this team. Don't trade him. He's what? He turned 28 May 1st. Yeah, he's tw- yeah, so he's barely 28. He fits into the time frame for this team. He's well seasoned as a pitcher. He's a best he's our best pitcher in the last 3 years arguably. The thing about, Don't trade him. The thing about him is sense. though, I agree. I, I don't think we should trade him, but we keep going back and forth on him. Like it's never just a definitive don't trade him. All of us on the show at one point or another have been like, you know what? I'm kind of sick of him. Let's maybe trade him. And then yeah. at one point, we've all been like, we can't trade this guy. He's our best player. So it's like the consistency isn't there. Mm-hmm. So it's never like, a, yep, we, like it's it's never just been like a always, no, we're sticking with Marcus. Fans just keep going back and forth with this guy because he'll do something dumb and then he'll do something super, super cool. And then he'll do something dumb again and then back to being something super, super dumb. Um, because that Eckersley chirp. Like yeah. where he had Roberto Alomar on Twitter. Like he's like, oh, good win. And then there's Roberto Alomar. That's sweet. And everyone's yeah. like, well done, Marcus Stroman. And all that stupid stuff gets forgotten. Yeah. It's him. Let me pull up Patrick. Listen. Listen. <laughs> this two, One of two things is going to happen here. Either Marcus Stroman's going to continue to pitch well and get a contract extension, or he's going to continue to pitch well, and we're going to get a substantial trade offer for him, and we're going to accept it. Those are the two things that are going to happen. If he pitches badly, mm-hmm. he stays. If he pitches well, we either sign him or we trade him. And the trade thing is going to happen if we get a good offer. Mm-hmm. We're not going to just be like, oh, by the way, like we're selling him to the highest bidder. Yeah, exactly. No, it's like, give us your best offer. Mm-hmm. And if it's good enough, then we might talk. That's the thing that's going to happen. It's not gonna, It's not like we're like, I don't think Ross Atkinson's on the phone. But like, oh, by the way, what are you offering for Marcus? He's waiting for teams to come exactly. to him. He's in the position of power. He has one of the best pitchers in the American League East right now. 
he might not have a good record, but his numbers are freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a Jacob Truba Jet situation where it's like no. we have to trade this guy no matter what. Yeah, like, we have control over him for another yeah. two years. So like it's like, hey, we hold all the cards right now. We're not just gonna trade him yeah. away for nothing. There's but no point. At the same time, <laughs> if, if the right offer comes along, yeah. and Strowman's at the height of it's... his. I'd have a tough time not trading him, but I'd also have a tough time trading him. It it would have to be a pretty good deal. Everyone's available with the right pl- right price. Yeah. Even Mike Trout. Well, I mean, there is no right price lies. for Mike Trout. Don't turn his, this podcast into a podcast of lies. Way too big. Don't don't say every, anyone if you don't mean everybody. <laughs> I mean, there is a right price, but it's like the whole team, <laughs> the whole farm system for Again, Mike if Trout. Gretzky can get traded. Almost anyone can get traded. Patrick, what did you think about that whole Eckersley versus Stroman thing? Did you like that, or was it kind of like okay, Stroman, like so Dennis Eckersley, I'm let's con- pump the brakes. I'm conflicted because I like Dennis Eckersley and I like He's Marcus Stroman as a pitcher. I don't know about a person. I'm not really quite sure where I land on that. But come on, Eck. Like, you had a reputation for being really flamboyant <laughs> out on the mound. And, like, yeah, like, <sighs> come on, man. That's, That's a big one. That's like, a big don't, one. <laughs> like, don't be, don't be like that. Don't like don't and that you're not guilty of the same things. It's like it's just dumb. But you know what? Mad respect for Eckersley. One of the very few players to have uh you know almost two hundred wins and also almost three hundred saves. I don't think anyone comes close except maybe John Smoltz. So like I get it. He's an authority when it comes to pitching and being clutch. He's a pretty clutch pitcher, except for the the walk-off home run against Kirk Gibson uh, in the 88 World Series. You guys are probably too young to remember that. So am I, but, you know, I've seen a tape. But, yeah, like, come on, Eck. Like, what are you talking about? Like, don't pretend like you're not guilty of it. Just shut up. Yeah, that's about that's my thought exactly. I think Eckersley is guilty of the same thing. If mm-hmm. to, he's calling the kettle black. Yeah. And the best part about it is it's not like Strowman went off afterwards on him or anything. It was just the simple response, the simple photo. That's the best way to do it. Athletes sometimes will just go off afterwards in a media interview or on Twitter and just yeah. lose it. And that's they open the door for criticism after that and just to get chirped. But if you just have like a one-word response with a photo on Twitter, that's all you need. And that's where it's just like, well, you got me. Good with stuff. like two words in a photo, I win. Boom, game over. Love that. Um, the news that kind of took over Major League Baseball this week was the Tampa Bay-Montreal fiasco. Um, if you didn't hear, Tampa Bay got permission to explore, explore the potential of splitting their season between Tampa Bay and Montreal. They would start the season in Tampa. They would end the season in Montreal. Unique idea, yes. Creative idea, yes. Good idea, well... No. I wouldn't say good. I'd say medium idea. It'd be kind of cool. It's lukewarm at best. It would be new and different. Like, that's the thing. Any new and different idea is going to come up against some adversity and some doubters. But this is, it's a little far-fetched. It's a stretch. Like, you can't be loyal to two cities. You can only be loyal to one. Like, what's their marketing pitch going to be? Like, well, I mean, oh. and think of players who have houses in Tampa. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to live in a hotel in Montreal for the last exactly. three months of the season or whatever it is. Like, Do you have team housing? I like... honestly, I'm 99.9% sure this is never going to be a thing. No. I've, especially, like, if I could, I would make sense if they were actually splitting time with another, like, say, Orlando or something. 
a team that's in Florida, a city in Florida. But like Tampa and Montreal are not close together geographically. No, makes zero sense and that way. Why would Montreal people care about the Tampa Bay Rays? They shouldn't. They'd care about any baseball team at this point. I think. I think they just. Want I don't baseball know if that's back. true. But I just. I feel like the Montreal baseball community, while loud, is not large enough at this point. I think if they were the Expos again and they had the exact same sure logo and stuff, yeah. Like, but if they like had to start the Jets from scratch, back if they had to start from scratch, it'd be a little tough. I think. But I think that nostalgia around the Expos, people love nostalgia. People love it. How long were the Jets gone before they came back to Winnipeg? Uh, 15 years, 20 years. They were they left in 90s, 95. 95. 95, and they came back in 2011. So 16 years. Yeah, right around there. And the Expos have been gone almost that long, maybe even that long. What was yeah. it, 2004? I can't remember. That sounds right. Yeah, it was 2004, 2005 when they officially were gone. Okay, so 2005 was the Nationals. So but, about the same amount of time. I just feel like hockey is different, especially in Canada. I don't know if, the, honestly, the baseball scene in Montreal, I just don't think it's big enough to support a team full-time or even part-time. And the part-time thing, it's not the right franchise fit mm-hmm. to do to even try this with. Well, what free agent would want to go there? What good yeah. manager would want oh, to play yeah. there? By the way, you're, uh, you're going to split your time between two cities for home games and exactly. then also be on the road. Like, no one would want to play for this team. They, yeah. w- they could attract zero people in free agency, and people get drafted there like, I don't want to play for this. It's yeah. a joke. It's, like, it's not going to happen. I'm on the road all the time. I, again, that's the thing. It's probably not going to happen. It's got to be an all-or-nothing thing. If It's, it's got to either you relocate or you stay in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And this- they're building a new stadium. MLB should have kept this under wraps. They should have kept this a yeah. secret. They shouldn't have just said, like, oh, we're doing this. No, because then people are like, oh, wow, what if it actually does happen? And yeah, it's just so dumb. It's... And it just looks dumb on them for being like, why would you even consider this? I don't like it. I don't like it either. Like, it's just like, why even bring it up? It's... Why even bring it up publicly? Yeah. Behind closed doors, for sure. Always explore weird little things that might work. But put some thought into it So before... I think we're in agreement that either give Montreal a team or – or don't, right? Yeah, don't half-ass it. Don't half-ass it. Yeah, it's like the Buffalo Bills playing those one game a year in Toronto oh, for a I while. Oh, I hated that, too. That was so dumb. They thought that Toronto fans were going to be nuts for the Bills. And they no. were not. Oh, it's the Bills. The Argos almost got more games, and that's bad. <laughs> the like, Bills. Did you see the Argos game, by the way, this week? They lost by 50. Yeah, they're bad. 64 to 14. I thought Franklin was going to be the guy, but Franklin is the opposite of the guy. Like... In Edmonton, he looked so good as the backup for Riley, and then it's just like, I don't know about Franklin. Uh, quick CFL shout-out. Why not? Canadian podcast. Um, Patrick's been pretty quiet because it's the comeback of the rant. This is kind of the lead into it. Here we go. Uh, Patrick, go off, bud. Uh, Tampa Bay, Montreal, you have the floor. All right, guys. I'm going to borrow a, a part of a quote from the mayor of St. Petersburg this week. Um, you all probably heard what he had to say. Um, We'll get into it in a minute, but let me be crystal clear. This situation, the whole Toronto or sorry, Tampa, Montreal, uh, like dual team thing is an absolute shit show. First of all, the fans of the Rays must be furious at the completely inept behavior of their ownership group who fumbled the attempts to reach some kind of agreement for a new stadium. This has been ongoing now for over a decade and in the last three years, they were exploring options within Tampa Bay, and it's still not resolved. I mean, it's not looking good for the Rays to start with, but this idea of splitting it between two cities is stupid. No matter what, fans in Tampa are losers. They're either going to lose their team, lose half their team, 
lose the effort to get a better stadium, lose the players who have become a huge part of their local community, or lose the battle to protect the city from investing more public money into a stadium. It's horrible to see for a fan base, but let's not dance on the graves uh, of the Tampa Bay Rays in celebration of baseball returning to Montreal. A return has to be extremely well calculated. Justin kind of alluded to it already. This is not the right way or the smart way to bring baseball back to Montreal. For starters, this is going to monumentally screw the players on the team, whether it's called the Tampa Bay Rays, Montreal Expos, the Tampa Montreal X-Rays. I don't, I, I don't know what it's going to be called, guys. This is too weird for words. But who wants to, to deal with a team that operates out of two countries with two different currencies do you want to sign on a team where you have to buy two different houses? No. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody's going to sign for a team where you have to buy two different houses and your family has to live in two different countries. Like, it's just mind-bogglingly stupid. The only solution here that's viable is either move the team or don't. Justin nailed it on the head. The ensuing nightmare that this proposes is not only a terrible idea for a team that is struggling <clears> – <throat> But it's also going to have a massively negative impact on both cities when they get asked to foot part of the bill to build a new stadium. Because both cities need it. Even if Montreal is gung-ho to have more MLB games in their city, this Tampa-Montreal X-Rays team would never really be theirs. And it would essentially be, you know, relocating at the end of every year over and over again. Who wants to invest their time in a team that's just going to end up leaving? Either they're going to come and they're going to stay or they're going to go or they're just not going to come. There's just so many problems. And then not the least of which is how do you attract a player to go play in a city where no one wants to play or in a city where the team is always going to be in doubt whether or not it's getting relocated at the end of the year or not. Either relocate the team or don't. This idea of splitting it between two places is going to fuck everybody over and it's not fair to the players, and it's absolutely not fair to the 15 Tampa Bay Rays fans out there. Sorry. Burn. They've got like 48. Let's give them a little bit of credit here. Ballpark At least 48 fans. <laughs> At least 48 fans. One thing I miss about Tampa, I don't think that guy who would just rip apart players. Oh, the heckler. The heckler guy. I don't think he goes there anymore. Remember Eric, the Eric Kinski? He would oh, light man. up Eric Kinski, and it was hilarious. <laughs> like, just ruin him. And for a while, he was going after Cement Head, too. Brett Laurie, when he was with the Jays, all he lit into Brett Laurie, too. He wore that old-school green Rays yeah, uniform. Devil Rays. Oh, man, I love that guy. He was so funny. You could hear him at every broadcast because there's like 300 people in that awful, awful stadium. But uh, well said, Mr. Marsh. Let's get into uh, something real instead of something that's not going to happen. Uh, the Jays have won their th- three of their last four, took a series against Boston. Boston. Hey. Still not going to matter when it comes to the playoff push, but uh, we're 8-13 and 13 in June, which is still pretty bad, but we have more wins than they did in May with six games remaining. So the boys are getting better. It could be worse. We're getting better, but it's it's still pretty bad. Like It's, it's still tough. Um, we're not going to finish above 500 or at 500. I think a lot of Jays fans are getting a little too excited on the old Twitter machine being mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the turnaround series for the year. No, it's not. No, we got, we got, lo- you know, some of those games we got a little lucky. 
And uh, we looked pretty good against Boston, not going to lie, but still. Uh, we got New York tonight, and for the next two nights after that, uh, we're at home against the Royals for three. Uh, before we start, start talking about this upcoming week, let's talk about the week that was the Hot Hitters. Yeah. Um, Eric Sogard, back on the hot list. Mm-hmm. Rowdy Telez, back on the hot list. Mm-hmm. Freddie Galvis, back on the hot list. A really Is good this- week. Like Freddie Galvis and Ryan Telez, is this April? Yeah. I mean, it really seems it's like it's been they're a while back, since eh? they've been on the hot list. Yeah. I mean, Rowdy was his, his he was getting down to the two tens there for for a bit of his batting average stats. Mm-hmm. His strikeouts were going B A N A N A S, and now he has rebounded with a big week. Mm-hmm. Couple well, big couple big home runs. Yeah. To get drawn the walks, which well, Patrick's probably gonna rage on as he yeah. loves that. Well, same with Sogard. Sogard had two dingers and five RBIs last week. His and on base was four twenty nine. Yeah, Rowdy had uh, three dingers and five RBIs. His on base was four fifty eight. Uh, Galvis's on base was three seventy nine. His average was three thirty three. But he had two dingers and five RBIs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Rowdy walked five times. When he hits homers, he hits homers too. He hits Jose Batista like homers. Um, out of those three guys, who's the hottest there, Patrick? I think it's Rowdy Telez. I mean, whatever it is that he's doing, I, I don't even know what to say because, like, obviously you look at that stat line and the fact that he drew five walks this week, I mean, automatically he was going to be on this list for me no matter what. His OBP was 458 in his last seven games. That is excellent. That is how you win baseball games. Do you want to know how you lose baseball games? You don't get on base. <laughs> Three home runs, five RBIs, six runs scored. Rowdy Telez might be the slowest runner on our team. Okay? So the fact that he managed to get around the base pass six times makes me very happy. I like that. He got on base, then he scored. He did get caught stealing this week, but, eh, you know, (laughs) whatever. I love it. Great bounce back week for Rowdy. I believe he now leads the team in home runs, if I'm not mistaken. Do we like that? Do we think Rowdy can hit 30 this year? Uh, Is he going to hit 30? Well, his career high in the minors in 124 games was 23, so he should break that if he keeps up his current pace. 30 is not out of the question. I bet you he'll hit 29. You heard it here first. Yeah. Just under. Just I was a shooting, kick in yeah, the dick. 25 to 30, somewhere in that range is yep. probably a healthy estimate. Nope, 29. On okay. the dot. You heard it here first. Sounds Mark good. it down. Guaranteed 29. He's right. not hitting 29. There's no way. I just jinxed it. He'll get <laughs> to 30. Um, what about you? Who's, do you agree? Rowdy Telez, hottest batter for last week? Yeah. I also I want to talk about Kevin Biggio for a second, too. Okay. He's not on the list. But some numbers that uh, Dan Schulman was kind enough to tweet out yesterday. Um, some numbers from about Biggio's kind of pa- plate approach and his, uh, his patience. Mm-hmm. So he's swung at pitches outside of the strike zone only 12% of the time. Pretty That's good. the best in the big leagues. Yeah. Um, he's walked 18.5% of the time. That's the third highest in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. And he's made hard contact 55.1% of the time, which is the second highest in the big leagues. It's not bad. So Kevin Biggio does not swing at bad pitches. And when he does swing at pitches, he hits them very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the batting average does not show that so far, but the on-base certainly does. Um, I was actually reading an article the other day, too. It was talking about how his plate approach is almost perfect, except for one thing. He takes a lot of borderline pitches, too, because he is so selective. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times he's been struck out have been called looking, 
and it's all on pitches that are like just catching the black. Yeah. So he's he's a very he has a very good eye. He's obviously the umpires are calling them strikes because they in most cases they have been. Um, so he's just got to get a little bit more familiar with that major league strike zone. Mm-hmm. And this kid's going to be dangerous. He, he's probably a two sixty hitter, but he's got that power and the on base percentage. Like he's mm-hmm. he's a guy. He's going to be good. From a fan perspective, you hate seeing guys go down looking. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't like about him. It's just I'd like, rather them go down looking than swing at a curveball in the dirt. I know. Exactly. And I agree. <laughs> and I agree he's killing it. But it's just yeah. like, man, like if you got two strikes, just tighten up. You know what? Be a little bit more Loosen liberal bit. with yeah, your swings. Exactly. You know, Choke up a little bit and swing. But, yeah, he has – I'd love to see that stat of how many times he struck out looking. But other than that, he's killing it. Mm-hmm. Like way above expectations. We got another good one in him, thank goodness. Um, when it comes to our not-hitters, that's a great stat, by the way. Those little three ones there. That was really, uh, those really are good. good. Those yeah, are for fan graphs. Yeah, those are really, really good yeah. stats. Thanks, Dan. You should have just stolen them and not give anyone credit. I like giving credit to Dan Schoen. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He's a good dude. He's got enough credit and popularity. We need to just steal him. Steal just just a quick shout. How much better is the broadcast when it's when they've got all three guys in there? I like when Dan's doing play-by-play and they've got Buck and Pat up there, too. It's nice because then Buck can It's 100,000 times better. Because Buck's really good at offering like, anecdotal stuff. Mm-hmm. And like more of yep. like a, a player's perspective, whereas mm. Dan Schulman just has like that that voice, exactly. and demeanor. It's not bad when Buck. It's just no, Buck it's and it's, Pat. Just, it's just better. Yeah, with, it's with just Dan better. Yeah. Dan makes everything better. Yeah, again, that's it's Buck. He's he's an absolute legend. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the not hitters, uh, we got three that are really bad last week. Danny Jansen again can't figure it out. Brandon Drury, classic. He's up and down. And Vladdy, Vladdy had a rough week. Uh, Vladdy had one RBI. He walked four times, but his on base was 242. He hit 138 this week. I don't think it's his hand bothering because he got hit in the hand. He's just swinging at a lot of pitches. Yeah, he's um, yeah he's swinging at a lot. I did watch the game on Sunday. I believe it was yesterday. Well, it was one of the two games where they were talking uh, about how he's just been. He gets ahead 2-0 in the count, and he always swings at that third pitch. There, it's like 78% of the time he swings at, the, at a 2-0 pitch, mm-hmm. and guys are they're throwing him breaking balls outside of the zone because yeah. they know he's going to swing. So he's just got to be patient. If he's mm-hmm. up, if he's ahead 2-0, pick a spot, and if they throw it right there, then hit it. If it's away from, if it's not the spot you wanted it in, don't swing. Patrick, what did you notice about Vladi? Why is he struggling? I, I don't have an answer for that, to be honest with you. Like, it just kind of does seem like he swings at stuff that he has no business swinging at, and like... He has patience. He he still had an OBP of 242, which is obviously not great, but considering that he only, you know, hit four balls for a base hit this week, like, I don't know, like, he also walked four times, so, like, he's got the patience. It's just, like, I feel like ever since he got called up, there's a part of Vladdy that's still trying to hit the ball 450 feet every at-bat, and I feel like he should just kind of stick to the fundamentals because he, this isn't his rookie year. His rookie year will be next year, right? Because uh, like he retains his rookie status. He'll burn through his rookie eligibility this year. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah, it's it's all based on at bats and service time. Oh, okay. well, I mean, like he's right now he's hitting two forty six for the season. Uh, with seven home runs and 20 RBIs. Kavan has already kind of caught up when it comes to, like, the power. Uh, and he's definitely – Kavan is the better eye. But then again, who – you know, his 
Kavan's dad was better, uh, had more patience at the plate than Vladdy's dad. So, I mean, I guess we can't really fault him. But Vladdy's also four years younger. And, I mean, mm-hmm. we just got to be patient. Like, he's not going to have a tremendous – he's not Pete Alonso. Like, Pete Alonso is having a freak season. But, like, in 10 years, Vladdy will still be a star. And I don't know if we're still going to be talking about Pete Alonso. If I'm wrong, that's totally cool. But I don't think I am. So, like, just be patient with him. When, yeah. when is Danny Jansen going to figure it out? Soon. All sure, right, good he talk. Shown, he showed <laughs> some signs for me. I like him. Again, his defense is getting way better. Like, from oh, yeah. a catcher perspective, his defense is getting way, way better. Once, once he gets that side of his game ironed out, the sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah, but he looks so bad at the plate right now. Yeah. Yeah, see, you went high voice there. That's when I That's when <laughs> I know that you know that I'm right. Because you're like, <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, no, he's garbage at the plate right now. Like, hit 077 and like had an on base of 200, which I mean, he takes his walks. He does take his walks and he gets on base a little bit, but like he got he hits some balls hard. But they're not. He's, it's bad. Do you want? Do you guys want to hear a, an alarming stat that's going to make you vomit in your own mouth? So last year when he got called up, Danny Jansen played in 31 games, had 20 hits, batting average of 247. Not bad. Small sample size. This year, in 56 games, he has 29 hits, which means he has nine more hits in 25 more games. Oof. Yeah, Ouch. that's not great. Owie. Not great. Not great. This is going to be sad. I didn't vomit. His, uh, <laughs> by all metrics, he's an above-average uh, defensive catcher. His caught-stealing percentage is, is 6% higher than the league average which is bueno, we like that. Uh, And his fielding percentage is slightly above average, and I know Justin doesn't like that stat, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, by all metrics, he's above average defensively. He's playing well defensively. I'll take that. He will figure it out. Yep. The bigger problem is that his backup catcher stinks. (laughs) (laughs) He's just as bad at the plate as as he has this year. And Luke Melee was expected to do more than what he has been, and he hasn't. That's not a good sign. I th- honestly think what they, they should do is, if they are going to start making deals, they should deal Luke Melee out of town and bring in another young catcher. For cash considerations. Kind of, well, yeah, but I'm, what I'm getting at is, like, bring in a young but experienced catcher that can grow with Danny. That way the two of them can learn from each other and maybe kind of help I don't know, get Danny's head right when it comes to... So, like a Reese McGuire kind of catcher from AAA? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) I say call him up, why not? It's going to sound weird, but I think Luke Maley struggling has not benefited, but I think it's good for Danny. Because if our backup catcher was lighting it up... He'd be playing more, probably. He'd be playing more, and and then then all the fans would be like, oh, I don't know about this Danny Jansen guy. He was the catcher of the future, but I like this guy a lot better. (laughs) And a rookie dealing with media, I mean, you can be a baseball player all you want and say... Oh, I don't pay attention to that stuff. You pay attention to that stuff. And if there, if our backup catcher was lighting it up and all the Blue Jay Nation was like, we should start this guy, I think Danny Jansen, I think that would not be good for his mental game. The fact that Luke Maley sucks, and it's like, okay, well, I don't really have to worry about it because the guy behind me is playing even worse than I am. Yeah. I mean, but 
competition makes everyone better, though. That's the thing. Sure does. So I don't know which would be better for Danny Jansen. The situation right now, where there's not a lot of pressure on him because the catcher situation is really bad in Toronto. The team's bad. Or if they should bring in someone to kind of push him a little bit. I don't know what would be. I don't know what would benefit Danny Jansen the most. That's a good I don't know what kind of guy he is, but I just think that if Luke Maley was playing well, and we'd have to play him a lot more, I don't think that'd be good for Danny. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I get a, I get a feeling that he's that kind of guy that doesn't really like adversity, which is not a good trait to have. But he's young; he'll learn. I know that's. I was I was going back and forth on that. I was like, again, I, I yeah. like the, yeah, but it's interesting. It's you good. Need competition. Yeah. You need competition. I like it. But also too, if there's too much competition, I wonder if he gets in his own head a little too much. Uh, when it comes to pitching, Strom's had a great week as he always does. Uh, Nick Kingham, Kingham. Yeah. Is it Kingham or Kingham? I think it's Kingham. I hate people with the ham in their last name because I don't know, if it's, know. A, it's, if it's a quick him or it's if it's a, a ham. ham. You know, like just get a new name, I think change it's it. Kingham. Uh, and Daniel Hudson. Those are all kind of our three hot pitchers for this week. Uh, Patrick, who had the best week pitching wise for you? I'm gonna guess it's Marcus Stroman. It's Marcus. It's Marcus Stroman. But I want to say, like, I'm kind of surprised to see. The garbage every week someone from the garbage gang rises up out of the sewer to overperform. And kudos to Daniel Hudson for being the one this week to rise from the crap factory that is our bullpen and actually have you know a great week. Uh didn't really give up any runs, didn't really he gave up two hits, whoop de doo. Gave up two walks, whoop de doo. Uh three point two innings pitched, three strikeouts. No earned runs. I like that. Nick Kingham, I don't know who he is, but his career numbers are absolute garbage. Um, he's a triple A arm, but you know what? Maybe he can build off of this momentum. And he and, you know, Joe Biagini and Daniel Hudson, maybe they all get together and they can just kind of figure everything out. And our bullpen's not that bad. Not that bad. Like, the Blue Jays 2019. <laughs> Like, no, but look at the bullpen. Like, we've got some solid arms. I think they're not that bad compared to the rest that of our should team. Be our, that should be our slogan for the, the hashtag for the 2020 season. We're not, not that, that bad. bad. <laughs> We're not that bad. Except we kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. what about you, pitchers? Do you agree, Marcus Stroman? Marcus Stroman it's Marcus Stroman across the board. Because here. are not pitchers, yikes. Uh, who was it that said last week that Derek Law was getting better? <laughs> was me i, I like to think it was justin it might have been me i don't know i can't i don't remember if anyone actually said that i remember last week we were like oh Derek law is looking pretty good he might, he might start belonging okay. uh he had I, a rough listen, I listened games. to it yesterday and i don't recall again yesterday maybe it was two weeks ago it. i don't know but i remember i remember vividly Derek law showing up on the hot list and it was like, okay. I'm Maybe pretty not. sure it was my fault. <laughs> I don't remember. He got, we'll have to look. His ERA last week was 16.8. He, he he didn't walk a lot of people. He only walked three guys well, in four in, games. In, two in, in less than three innings. True, but struck out three. But, yeah, he didn't look great. Uh, Aaron Sanchez is... Yeah, that was a, that was an ugly start. Of fire of a start. That was, that was an ugly start. Before we get into Aaron Sanchez and maybe if we should trade him... Because, again, we talk about that almost every, every week, week as well. Edwin Jackson. Uh, I love <laughs> I love when pitchers have that, like, point, like, you know, two-thirds of an inning, and they just get their tits 5. lit up, <laughs> and their ERA shoots up for that game. His ERA last week was 94. 
I love that set. Three bombs, seven earned runs, and two thirds. But like again, we keep, we don't have anyone else. We got to keep pitching him. It's like the scene from Gladiator where he's in the middle of the ring and is there no one is else? Is there no one else? Like, is there no one else? Yeah. At this point, we should just keep him for the rest of the year and just see how bad it could get. It's like telling Miracle. Where are we going? Higher. Higher. <laughs> I mean, for the year, his whip, is two, his whip is 229, which is outrageous. That's so bad. Um, and 1243 ERA. But, like, the whip is alarming. Like yeah, allowing two and a third base runners per inning. How can you call a guy out of the belt, out of the bullpen averaging two, almost two and a half hits per inning? Yeah. You know he's that's almost like a guaranteed run that inning. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's so bad. But again, we expect it. We don't we don't we've gone into Edwin Jackson so much during this season that we don't need to say anything else. Everything has already been possibly said that can be said. I have one I wanna no. finish on a cool Pat Tabler stat. Okay. From Pat Tabler's career. So I subscribe to the baseball reference stat head. They send you an email every morning with like yesterday's results and some big stats of the day kind of thing. It's like the best thing ever to start a day. Weird flex, but okay. I look forward to it every morning. Um, I subscribe to (laughs) MOBStatsDaily.com, ladies. Anyway, if you're a stat head, subscribe to baseball reference. Uh, It's a quick little email. But anyway, so last week, uh, when the game that Mike Trout had two, he had a grand slam against us. And also the other bases hit, or base hit again with the bases loaded. He Mike Trout's batting average, it's it's got two great numbers. So he's had 69 career at bats with the bases loaded. First of all, mm-hmm. nice. nice. And his batting average, 420. Nice. Also nice, sick. Pat Tabler has the best bases loaded batting average of all time. What? 88 at bats. Yeah. He hit 489 with the bases loaded. Pat Tabler. 49, good for 489. him. 49. Daniel Murphy, active player, yeah. 451 is second. Tony Gwynn hit 444 and 133 at bats. Robin Ventura has the most grand slams of all time, yeah. right? Yeah. I remember he has 13 or something stupid like that. Josh Donaldson also makes the list. Also 69 at bats. Nice. 435 average. Nice. Um, so, yeah, there's a few active players on that list. But, yeah, Tabby, 489. Man, hitting bases loaded is such a mind fuck clutch because you get up there and you're just like i don't want to strike out i want to do well oh my god i have potential to have four rbis here Ah, i struck out shit so shout out to tabby for being a a clutch performer yeah also too we're just gonna got soft hands we'll end on this too uh remember when aaron sanchez struck guys out he had zero strikeouts at last start yeah three and two thirds zero strikeouts two walks two dingers so he's got four tonight He's pitching in the Yankees right now. He's got four already tonight. Two walks though, three yeah, innings. Good for Aaron. No Sanchez. runs yet. Okay, good. Well, his last start he had zero, and I was like, man, he used to have, he was good for like five or six per start at least, and now it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, there was a time. Uh, that's it. That's all I think for. Oh, go on, Patrick. I got. Well, before we go, listen, and this is for you, Clayton, listen. since we kind of we kind of dominated and, and kicked your ass when it came to the the Braves and everything. <laughs> so here here's a scenario for you, okay. It's it's a warm July morning. You walk out to the bullpen at the at Rogers Center at Skydome, and Aaron Sanchez is doing a bullpen session. You're Charlie Montoyo. You take a deep breath, you sigh, you walk into that bullpen, and you say, "Aaron, we're moving you to the pen. You're going to be our opener from now on." What do you think? Like of him being the opener? Who am I in this situation? Am I Aaron Sanchez or Montoyo? 
you know what? You can be both. Because I see that I've already made this a very confusing scenario. Yeah, like you made it into a scenario where it's like, picture this. And then it was just there a was normal question. There was no question. way out. <laughs> it's like that like, movie, well, No Way Out. Okay. Um, uh, no, if I'm Charlie Montoyo, I expect him to be like, uh, yes, sir. You got it, sir. You're the boss. Because I'm the yeah. Man- yeah, you do what I say. I'm the manager of the baseball team. But if I'm Aaron Sanchez, oh, I'm I'm devastated. Because I was supposed to be the future of this franchise. Sanchez. I was supposed I was supposed to be the guy. I was supposed to be the ace. It was supposed to be me and Stroman leading this team to championships. And now I'm getting sent to the bullpen two years later, after all these injuries and trying to battle back every single time. And no matter, even though you've tried your best, it's like you know what? Sorry, bud, your best isn't good enough. You're going to the bullpen. I don't think any player would like that. I don't think any player would be like a demotion. Fuck yeah, but. Maybe he is looking for a change. I don't know. I'm not Marcus. I'm not uh, Aaron Sanchez. I can't imagine he'd be too pumped about it, though. But he's no. not the guy to pull a Ted Lilly and fight him. Or a Shea Hill and Brown. You know, is exactly, yeah. One, okay, last thing. I know we've tried to end the show like four different times, but one last thing here. I just remembered. When, we were ta- when you were talking, Patrick, about the darkest time in Blue Jay baseball history, you said it was now? Well, it was... Any time that Edwin Jackson steps onto the field. Josh Tower starting 0-12. That was it for me. When he was... No, I'd rather Josh Tower start 0-12 oh. than watch Edwin Jackson pitch. I couldn't watch Josh Towers because he was so smug about it, too. His post-game interviews, he was just a dick. Oh, I hated Josh And again, that whole thing, I'm not good enough to pitch a perfect game. I'll never forget that line. <laughs> I'll lot. never it's, forget that it's line, so man. It's honest. It's oh, hilarious. It's hilarious. And I'm just like, Josh, man, don't admit that. Like, come on. I love it. Um, that's it. That's all. Unless we want to not end for a fifth time. No, let's let's, let's finish. This yeah, we're good. Off. Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, that's it. That's all for episode twenty-three, season two. Thanks for listening. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us your feedback. Give us your questions. Review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Anchor. Big shout out to everyone listening on Anchor. Um, just yeah, give us a give us a nice little review or just give us some questions. We like to answer your questions. Thanks for listening. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow. We don't have a extra song today. Who's going to pick it? I think it's your turn. It's my turn? Ah, uh, you're putting me on the uh, spot here. You work in the radio business. You should have a bunch of songs on your mind. You know what? Let's go with a little baseball theme here. The Outfield. Nice. Your love. Your love. The best song ever, but it's the worst when people try to sing along because of the high notes. Yeah. Oh, man. No one I was going to start there, but I was like, you know what? Vacation for Okay, that's it. That's all. For Patrick, for Justin, my name is Clayton. Have a good one. Hey, we tried, man. We tried. See you later. Have a good one.